0: Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. We're a church family in North Carolina with a vision for people to experience the grace of Jesus, be filled with the Father's love, and to release the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's this week's message from Mooresville.
1: All right, so I'm going to read Hebrews eleven thirty-one. Lord bless this and help me. Help y'all. Yeah. So this is what it says. By faith, the prostitute Rahab did not, uh, did not perish along with those who were disobedient after she had welcomed the spies in peace. Isn't that beautiful? So, you know, of course, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 is the hall of faith. And so everything everything that, that we're going to have in the Lord, we're going to have it by faith, right? And and so that's what that whole, whole chapter is about to encourage us. In fact, those were all people who, many of them lived in times of chaos, and they pressed into what God had. Um, it also reveals, uh, Hebrews 11, it reveals that faith has a lot of different manifestations, right? It says, Abel, you know, drew near to God by, blood, by a blood sacrifice, okay? So, that, what that teaches us, that teaches us how we draw near to God. That's how we have a relationship with God is through the blood. We put faith in the blood, right? That's one manifestation of, of faith. Another one was Noah. It says, Noah prepared an ark, Okay, by faith, by faith, every one of these it says by faith, by faith, I think it's 17 times it says that word in there, by faith, by faith. By faith he prepared an ark. See, that's, a, that's an anointing for preparation for what the future holds. So that's a kind of a really important anointing right now, right? You can prepare in the natural, but, you, but there's another way to prepare that's even greater, and that's by faith in the Spirit. Um, I love. It says Sarah her by faith. Sarah herself. I love love that phrase. Sarah herself, trying to point out to us, it wasn't just Abraham, but Sarah had a faith. Okay, Sarah herself received strength to conceive and bear a child, and so there's a there's also this anointing to receive and have and to receive strength. Yeah. And that's a, a, like a faith that Sarah walked in. Um, and then, you know, I talked to you about choosing last week. If y'all don't remember that, I'm, I did. Just trust me. <laughs> it says, by faith, Moses chose. You see, there's a, there's a connection between, you know, your choosing has to be connected to faith somehow. Either either faith of, you know, the faith of Christ or the, or the false faith of the world or the fear Faith if Moses chose to suffer with the people of God uh, versus having the riches of Egypt, he made this choice between it isn't that powerful so so there's a faith for actual choosing and making the right choices well i mean I, I just love all that y'all love that isn't that beautiful? I just love that um, but uh, here it says Rahab had a faith, and she had a faith okay, not to to go along with what the world the world she lived in. Okay? She had a faith to align herself up with God and 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 by doing that, she it says she saved her household, okay? But even more than that, she actually came into a, a rich spiritual inheritance. And you see, that's that's the whole thing here is God really is calling the church into something more. There's an inheritance from the Lord that we have. We've been, and I'm, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly places. That's Ephesians 1 verse 3. That's a, that's a done deal as far as God is concerned. But it's not a done deal as far as we're concerned. Because we have to, by, by faith, we begin to receive that. Inheritance. We begin to have that inheritance. And so we have all these examples in the Bible. Are you all with me? I'm not saying are you all okay. No, sir, I'm not doing that. I think it's also interesting that it said there in Hebrews, the prostitute Rahab. You see, the Bible didn't brush over or conveniently leave out this woman what her previous lifestyle was. She was a prostitute. Made it plain and clear that that's what she was. And you see, what faith, here's the thing about faith faith does not deny, listen to this, faith does not de- deny the reality of situations. It really doesn't, but it sees something greater and reaches for that. It really does. That's how it works. See, here, faith wasn't denying this person was a prostitute. That's kind of a rough, that's kind of a rough job. Right, you know I mean, nobody wants to be called Rahab the prostitute. I mean that'd be pretty rough. Here's your name written in the Bible for eternity. Oh, there's Rahab the prostitute, you know you see that but it was there for to tell us something it It tells us a lot mm yeah, I wanted to I wanted you to read uh Joshua chapter 2 verse 1 through 6 and this is like the story of Rahab are y'all with me it says then Joshua the son of nun sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim saying go view the land especially Jericho so they went and entered the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and rested there so I want you to get the picture here One time I read that and think, what in the world kind of spies were they? The first place they went to was a prostitute. I mean, they got to be bad guys to do that. Well, actually, uh, if, if you go on and read more on into the book, that, her house was actually built on the wall. More than likely, there was like this red light district right there at the gate of Jericho. There was probably more than one prostitute. Uh, and so here these guys were spies, so they wanted to mix in. Right? They wanted to, you see what I'm saying? So, what would you do if you want to mix in? Oh, let's just slide on down here to the prostitute's house. Nobody, Nobody's going to think any different. This is what everybody does. This is what all these men are doing that are coming in and out of this, this place. Because it was a wicked land they were, they were going into. Do you all see that? And it kind of gives you a, a better sense of what was really happening here. And so... It says, But it was told to the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to spy out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to spy out all the land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. And she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. It came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where they where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up on the roof and hidden them in the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. So what she had done, she had hid those spies, and and told the king's representative. That hey the guys came but they left took off if you go down the road here you might might catch them that's pretty and then of course when the, when they did when the walls of Jericho fell they she she and her family were protected and actually brought into the family of Israel I'll show you that in a little bit it's very it's very beautiful because it really shows how God wants to include people. Into his kingdom, include people in, into what he's doing. Uh, so, here's a couple of things that, that really stuck out to me is, is, you know, Joshua sent the spies ahead, okay, to despite that. And, and this is what it says sometimes, and this is really a key sometimes we need a taste of the kingdom to really see before we see the kingdom come. God wants to reveal to people a taste of what he has for them. Uh, Hebrews 6.5 says this. uh, He who has tasted the good word of God and the power of the age to come. Okay. Uh, Is it Psalm 34 or Psalm 38? It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, I think. There's a time where God wants to give us like a, it's almost like a sandwich. Because see what, here's what taste does for you. Taste causes an appetite, right? It activates a hunger in you. That's why Jesus said those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be fulfilled. They will be the happiest people. They'll be the most blessed people because they've got a taste of something. And and so what the Lord, and when we taste the Lord, when we we have a, a a real taste of the Lord, Nothing else is ultimately ever going to satisfy us again. Isn't that right? In fact, we'll begin to realize when you really taste the Lord, you can, you can start discerning what's not of the Lord a whole lot easier because you've tasted the real. You've tasted something that was precious. And so whatever the world offers or whatever the devil offers, even though it may look good, it may smell good, but once it gets in your mouth, especially if you begin to ingest it, you're going to find out that it's going to make you your stomach hurt really bad, and could ruin your life. And so, I think it's really important. What I've learned in my life on a, on a spiritual plane is uh, a taste actually precedes lots of times spiritually seeing. You hear what I'm saying to you? If we'd ask the Lord, Lord, give me a taste. You see, that's what. God wants us to see from one of the things he wants to see from this story there's a taste of something in our future and if we get a taste of it now we can begin to see that thing once we begin to see that thing we can begin to lay hold of that thing I think there's people in this room have tasted something from the Lord and, you, and that's where you're at in your life you've tasted something and you're trying to find that thing you tasted you want to walk into that thing are y'all thinking about this? are y'all wondering about this? <laughs> Well, I don't remember. I don't know. I gotta hurry up, but I I did want to just remind y'all, if just in case you forgot, you know, I had this thing uh, this past spring that was really powerful for me. Uh, You know, I was in I was in the in the car or in the truck going down the interstate, and I was praying about my future, and I said to the Lord, Lord. Because I felt the Lord was, was saying, I've got some good things. I've, I felt there's something out there. And I said, Lord, listen, I just want a taste of it. Can I just have a taste? And when I, literally, I opened my eyes at that moment, and there was a billboard that says, It's time to taste. Aww. Right at that moment. It was a, it was a billboard for a uh, restaurant, and it was a glass of wine and a steak. So, you know, I <laughs> mean, I want a steak. It's time to taste. And I literally began to taste something. That God was going to do and God began to do and that God is doing. That's amazing that it's just begun. So I'm telling you it's a time that for you and me both, for us, say, Lord, give us a taste. Give us a taste of what you're going to do. And once we begin to taste it, then we can begin to see it. Then we can begin to declare it. Because that's what I did. I went home. When I got home a couple days later, I went to Becky and told her, this is what the Lord's going to do. And it's it's remarkable what he did, and it's remarkable what he's doing. And it was it was had to do with a prayer that we Becky and I had prayed for literally for years, for years and years and years that God was beginning to answer. So I believe the Lord wants you to taste and see. Are you with me? So number one, number two, uh, God loves the unlovely. That's another thing in there. Rahab was not only a prostitute, she was a Canaanite prostitute. And let me remind you what the Canaanites were. They were the, some of the worst people who've ever lived on the earth. They were some of the most evil. They were, they were vile. They were, they, were, uh, they were, you know, put it in today's terms, they were abortionists massively. I mean, they sacrificed their children over and over and over to Baal. They were Baal worshippers. Uh, they were uh, they were traffickers. They trafficked other people. Um, they were very warlike and oppressive. And they were a, they were a, 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 you know like seven nations of the I think it was seven seven lords of the Phil, of the Philistines. They I th- they were that whole crowd had a mix of Nephilim genes in them and that's one of the reasons God said you've got to destroy them Appar- apparently not all of them did because apparently she did And I promise you she didn't, Rahab didn't have that in her but a good majority of that population was genetic had, were, were walking around they were what we would call today transhuman they were not fully human even some of their animals were not fully human I know some of y'all might not believe this and think it's crazy and all that but it's the truth y'all it's the truth. And when we begin to understand these kinds of things, we can begin to understand the God of the Bible, the God of the Old Testament, and why God did some of the things He did. He wasn't an angry, mean God. He really wasn't. He was trying to save humanity. you know. And the truth is, God cannot save someone who's not human. Because Jesus Christ came as, as fully man and fully God. He can't save something that's mixed between, you know, some spiritual... Okay, we all come on. And then, and then. <laughs> so another thing that's really important... So, hey, wait a minute, I just want to say this. If you're a weak person today, if you're a broken person today, God loves you and God cares about you. You are not rejected by the Lord. In fact, He really wants to reach, reach to you. He, in fact, He is reaching to you. You know, your brokenness doesn't turn Him off. Your sin doesn't turn Him off. You know, he looks to that because of the blood. He'll cleanse you. He'll, he'll do what only he can do. You know, you, 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 you have as much opportunity as anybody. See, that's part of the problem is people feel like God has favorites and God treats this person better than he treats the other. And none of that's the truth. And see, all that kind of thinking will hold you down and keep you oppressed, keep you bound and keep you messed up. It really will. And when you begin to break off that, that's orphan thinking. When you begin to break that thinking off in your life and you begin to replace that thinking with what the Scripture really teaches about the Lord, your life will change. And you can begin to have the things that God meant for you to have. Even things that you were supposed to get as a child, the Bible says God can restore those things to you. God can do something internally inside of you. Okay, that you were supposed to get maybe from your mom or your daddy or somebody that you didn't get. God can actually put that in you and fix your life. It's, I mean, that's, the, that's the, the story of the Bible. Yeah, I, I know he can because he did it for me. He's done so much. And the other thing I think is really important is something that uh, when I was watching Joy's presentation last week about the one person. Man, when I looked at that, I thought, wow, you know, God cares about the one. The one person that he brings in before you. And so many times, you know, you can be in the enemy mode if you're busy and the one person comes before you and you're busy. You don't have time to mess with them. You don't want to mess with them. So you get in this enemy mode and brush them off. Right, Becky? That's what I'm being told this. Because <laughs> I, can, I can tell Becky, leave me alone. <laughs> and she won't. You know, Becky's always accusing me of being, she's like a tiger. Y'all don't know that. She keeps that very well hidden, but she's a tiger. <laughs> mm. You can't be the tiger, man. Mm-mm. Here's some examples in the Bible of God caring about a a person. You know, like the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. He felt this one person out of this whole crowd touch him. Isn't that beautiful? He felt somebody's cry in their hand. In Acts 8, he sent Philip the evangelist away from a revival, y'all. Like, get out of here. There's a person out there in the middle of the nowhere that you need to go to. Isn't that, isn't that, that's the heart of the Lord Two of Jesus' most profound teachings was, One of them was in John chapter 3 Was to Nicodemus One on one conversation with Nicodemus Who was, at the time was a Pharisee And then it goes into the next greatest conversation And the longest conversation recorded in the scripture Is Jesus with the woman at the well Who was kind of like Rahab Right She had seven different guys Seven husbands and one she was in living with some guy, but that was the longest one-on-one conversation that Jesus. uh, Isn't that amazing? It was with that woman. So you see, Jesus is really concerned about the one, and see, we're concerned maybe about the bunch or whatever. Where the Lord's saying, No, I'm concerned about the one. Take care of the one; the bunch will be taken care of. But it is something we have to to be intentional about. Because when the one comes, lots of times it's inconvenient. It's at the wrong time. It, and you, you know, it's the wrong person. Do I, am I talking to anybody? You know, it's not the person you want in front of you. It might be somebody who wants something from you and you're tired of people wanting things from you. You know, but that's the person God sent to you. And I think that's where, I think that's where we can have power on the earth when we begin to take on that hard attitude. I really believe that I will say this With the Lord You will always be included If you can believe That God will never leave you out He will never leave you out Of anything He's doing He really won't Now you can leave yourself out But from God's perspective He will always include you And I think if we could get that It would help us a lot With the Lord It would help us a lot With our Christianity it would help us a lot with relationships, knowing that we're already included, and all we had to do was come into agreement that we're included, and begin to declare that over our life, and and we'll see that we're included. Now, yeah, yeah, she's... <laughs> I
0: play. I was just think having this memory as Byron was sharing that about being included. Um. I have one of my brothers who passed away a few years ago, and he, he really had a lot of problems. Um, and one night we were having revival meetings here. The Lord was really, really moving. And he did know the Lord, but he just didn't get victory in this life. He he believed, he had faith, but lots of addictions, a lot of issues. But one night we were having a revival meeting, and um, it was powerful. It was back in our move of the Lord days that, man, you just, all you had to do was go boo in the Lord, or peanut butter, and the Lord would just move. It was like, it was like that, and I remember people were all over the floor, and God was moving, and they were in under the power of the Holy Ghost, and he trailed off over behind the piano, and I went over to him could tell something was wrong, and he said to me, and it really kind of crushed me, because I do think this is the trick of the enemy. He said, Lucifer's telling me I don't belong here. And I just, you know, that really is a trick of the enemy for all of us to tell us we don't belong. And I think he was aware enough to know where that voice was coming from. And we need to be aware where that voice is coming from. When we feel like we don't belong we're not included. We're not good enough. So,
1: yeah, that's good, isn't it? You fit in. You fit in. You start believing that, and it will it will help you. Okay. Here's the other thing I, I kind of mentioned it, about who who are you aligning yourself with? Okay, because see what Rahab did? She aligned herself. With what God was doing, okay, so we can you see we all have we all have these choices about who we're going to align with. What narrative are you aligning with? everybody's aligning with some type of narrative, and just by the way, narratives are not always the truth by the way. <laughs> Haven't you noticed that? <laughs> There's a narrative out there that's being told us about what happened yeah, right. on certain dates in January, on certain elections. Those are narratives. And see, people believe narratives, and, and they may not be the truth. And see, what God wants us to do, He wants us to believe the truth. Again, the truth sets free. A narrative that's not true will bind you. It will break your heart and break your life. And, and so there's all these narratives in the world now, especially you know because so much information is available. There's all these different narratives out there. Okay, so so Rahab had to to align herself. She could have stayed true to to her her people there, the the Jericho people, but she chose to align herself with the Lord. Okay, because if you align yourself with the world or a worldly narrative, more than likely at some point that's going to take you down. Okay, it's it's because these narratives will break. They will falter at some point. And if if you align yourself up with something that's not true, when it goes down, it's going to pull you down. It's going to wound you. It's going to hurt you. You see, because she aligned herself with the Lord, the Bible says she and her family were saved. Okay? And so that's the safety that we have in this life. Our safety is aligning with what the Lord is saying, aligning ourselves up with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, right? That's our ultimate safety. That's the thing that will save us and our families because the Lord's in, very interested in your family. He's very interested in making sure they're secure. And so, every true believer, every serious person who's going to follow the Lord, there's going to be a point in time in your life, maybe many point in times, where you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have a choice of what you're going to align yourself with. I think most of you have already made that decision at different points in different times. Uh, Sometimes you're going to be rejected when you align yourself with the Lord. But see, that's not the Lord rejecting you. That's the world. That's the flesh. That's the devil rejecting you. And so what we had to realize, just like what I said earlier about Moses, Moses chose to suffer something where he could have chose riches. But guess what happened to the riches? They got buried in the Red Sea. They hauled the riches out with them, and the people who did have them were underwater. If he would have himself with the riches, when when Israel left, he wouldn't have been. He wouldn't have had the riches. Do y'all get that? Yeah, I mean it's the truth, y'all. We, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, I'm gonna get going here let me read this This uh, I love this it's Matthew 1 verse 5 through 6 this is part of G- Jesus' genealogy Salmon father, fathered good old Salmon that's a great name isn't it <laughs> hey Salmon hey fish <laughs> well he fathered Boaz by who? Rahab, Rahab. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, and Obed fathered Jesse. Jesse fathered David the king, and David fathered Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. That's a pretty cool little ver- two verses, right? So just think about it. In the, there's three women there, right? One, a prostitute, right? Number two, Ruth. We all love Ruth, Right? But we forget that Ruth was a Moabite. You know how, where Moabites came from? Moabites came from an incestuous relationship between Lot and one of his daughters. That's, that's how that nation was born. And they were a very sexually perverse people. They were so perverted that God would not even allow them into the sanctuary. Yeah, I mean, they were excluded from worship because they were so defiling but here's Ruth in the genealogy of Jesus, a Moabite. I mean, isn't this amazing? And then the other one, they didn't mention her name, but everybody knows who this other woman was, right? She's the woman who did what? She committed adultery with David, who killed her husband over it. And they, so these three people are in the genealogy of Jesus, that he's actually, I mean, for eternity, he is like, highlighting these people like he's proud of these people these are my people i have a a, a a prostitute i have a moabite and i have an adulteress in my family line and i'm not ashamed of them in fact i want you all to know that you know and and so you see that was what gave in what rahab was able to do if she would have chose to made the wrong decision and stuck, we'd never heard of her but because of her faith in, in God and aligning herself with the Lord versus the world, the, the world she lived in, she winds up in this genealogy of Jesus. That was her ultimate inheritance in the Lord. And see, that's really one of the things we can do to really receive our inheritance uh, in the Lord. How many people are interested in this inheritance in the Lord thing? Well, let me read this little thing that Arthur Burke said in one of his books it says this book is dedicated to those who missed the bus (laughs) isn't that good but got there just the same because someone gave them a lift that's that's Ruth that's Rahab they missed the boat in life but someone being the Lord himself gave them a lift and this is what I think the Lord wants to say I'm going to give somebody in this room a lift. If you want to lift today, the Lord will give you a lift. You may have missed it the first time around, or second time, or 33rd time, however many times you've missed it. But the Lord's still saying, I'll give you a lift. I'll get you there. See, that's how God wants us to see this. He wants to bring us in to something amazing. Okay, the last thing. Let me turn over to James 2.25. Are y'all with me on this? Listen, this is amazing right here. Okay, this is James talking about this. It says, in the same way uh, was Rahab the prostitute. See, he piling in on this prostitute thing. <laughs> he wasn't going to let the writers of Hebrew get away with it. In the same way was Rahab the prostitute not justified by works also when she received the messengers and sent them out. But was she not justified by works is what he's saying. When she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. So he's talking about what she did brought a justification in her life. She just didn't have a mental faith. She had a real faith that that resulted in actions. But did you catch the thing in here? Did you catch the message that he was trying to give us? Anybody catch this? Y'all did? This is cool. Let me just give it to you because the rest of you didn't. And some of you are lying. You just think you did. Notice what it said when she received the what? Everybody said, let me say one. When she received the what? What did, jo- what did Joshua send out? What did Hebrews say what they were? Did y'all get this? See, there's a little difference here. James is saying those people weren't spies, those people were messengers. You know what that word messenger means? It means angel. Yeah, it means angel. Now, here's the thing about the word angel. Everybody thinks angel like, oh, there's an angel. Actually, the word angel is a job description. It's not like a a noun. It's like, it means messenger. Like to the angel of the church at Ephesus, to the the messenger of the church. Y'all getting this? Here's the thing. See, God wants us to take, there's a message that God's trying to give us. Okay, and if we will receive that message, that's what James was saying. She received a message from the Lord and acted on that message. That's what he's trying to tell us. And see, that's what God has for us. He has a message for us. And if we'll receive that, you know, he says, if you'll take the word of the Lord, that's what James says, and hide it in your heart. I think David said, Lord, I've hid your word in my heart so I might not sin against you. I think that's one of his words. That's one of the beautiful things. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to a River Life Fellowship podcast. To get more information, check out riverlifefellowship.com.